One of the things that I think has been sort of motivating to me in much of my career is to bring one's self to work. And in a way is to break down the barriers between home and work and bring the things that are personally important to me around sustainability, around positive impact, both at home and in my personal life. It is particularly invigorating, particularly inspiring for me to be able to do that in my working life as well. From Positive Momentum, this is Meet the CEO, a show that takes you behind the scenes of the working lives of people who've reached what some might call the pinnacle of their career ladder. I'm Sarah Beauvalet, a partner at Positive Momentum, and on today's show, we meet George Latham, managing partner of Web Asset Management, a positive impact investment business playing a pivotal role in channeling your and my savings into businesses, making a positive impact on our society and environment. George actually started his career as a captain in the British Army. As he explains in this podcast, this experience gave him some of the disciplines which you may expect from the Army, including very handily, as it turns out, a unique perspective on the necessity of being able to change a plan when the environment around you shifts. George joined the investment management industry in 1996 and got his first taste of sustainable investing at Threadneedle Asset Management before moving to Henderson Global Investors, where he managed their sustainable investment team. Web Asset Management was established alongside his partners Seb Bellow and Ted Franks when it became clear that while sustainable investing was a great ambition in itself, to do so exclusively within a business which is founded itself on sustainable principles was even more motivating. Indeed, Webb achieved a B Corp certification in 2016, evidencing its strong commitment to meeting the most rigorous standards of social and environmental performance, accountability and transparency. Webb continues to pave the way in driving investment capital towards a positive purpose with some very exciting plans to democratise impact investing, bringing individual investors closer to the businesses they're supporting in order to build back better in a post-pandemic world. An inspirational and, of course, highly topical mission indeed. Webb was one of the earliest asset management companies to walk the hard yards of convincing investors that sustainable investment was not just important, but also made good financial sense. I have followed their journey with great admiration since our paths first crossed in 2017, and I'm delighted to welcome George to this podcast today. George, welcome to meet the CEO. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. So, George, from the army into asset management into CEO of Web, some journey indeed. Could you start, please, by telling us why you chose to become a managing partner? Um, I don't think I did, really. Um, uh, as you said, I started my working life in the army. I then worked through the investment industry. But I guess the, the most important thing to me was, uh, was, was finding uh, a mission within finance around sustainable investment. Uh, and then really sort of where we've ended up with web was was uh, around trying to build a, a business where not just our investment strategy is focused on on trying to have a positive impact through our investments, but the whole business is built uh, to support that single investment strategy and that single philosophy. And so the whole business is built around a single mission to have a positive impact and to aggregate finance, to build capital towards 
a more positive purpose. So it's really about that journey towards um, getting to this point and building a business uh, that has led me rather than any particular ambitions for, for what, what, what a job title should be, I think. So, so a lot of our CEOs in our podcast that they didn't start out to become a CEO, and that perhaps in itself isn't quite so unusual. What what is it really interesting to hear, is to hear you say that actually it's the setting of the purpose that gave you the clear path in your career, which actually led you to the incredibly successful career path. So, very uh, interesting perspective on that point. Thank you for sharing that with us. Do you mind if you know things have been very very busy for us all, particularly over the last eighteen months or so? And, you know, I've no doubt that you've been uh, under more pressure than than usual. Most of our senior leaders have been. What part of your day would you say, George, is sacrosanct? Which part do you preserve at all costs? Well, I think that's, you know, as you say, the last 18 months have been extraordinary. Um, but I think in, in all senses, it's important to keep um, some time out for oneself um, and uh, to, to, to look after uh oneself to some extent you know I, I always spend some time in the day doing something like meditating exercising going for a walk or something uh i think it's really important to preserve some time with family uh and 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 i always have dinner uh, so long as i'm at home i always have dinner at home with the family i think with you know the, the one of the key pressures in the pandemic has been um about how to sort of separate work and home in a sense uh which is uh is is difficult it's important to keep that balance between what is work and what is home especially if work is at home but it's also sort of slightly perverse in a way because you know one of the things that i think has been sort of motivating to me in much of my career is to bring one's self to work and in a way is to break down the barriers between home and work and bring the things that are personally important to me around sustainability around positive impact both at home and in my personal life and and, and is it is particularly invigorating particularly inspiring for me to be able to do that in my working life as well and so that's become particularly challenged both in terms of you know when one is in when we're when we're in a sort of more entrepreneurial sense and running a business it's very difficult to ever leave that behind but particularly so in the context of the pandemic i think it's very important to be disciplined about that to create that sense of divide between making and making time to be present with family i think one of the things i, I always do is to not leave unread emails in my inbox and i think I just reflecting on that um earlier i just think that perhaps gives me a sense of closure in a sense to uh, ability to sort of shut the door on the on the on the office room in the house and then be part of the rest of the house yeah, I mean, you know, very interesting, of course, that the whole working from home environment has, has posed challenges all in terms of when do you actually finish? When do you actually leave it behind? And, uh, you know, the idea of a an empty inbox sounds glorious. I can't admit that I necessarily achieve that every day, but it's great to hear um, that you I'm not do. Saying, I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it's empty. I'm just saying they're not unread. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good point. Good point. Excellent. Okay. So uh, not necessarily in the last 18 months or so, but, but what would you say has been the most challenging event or situation that you've encountered as a managing partner? And, and, and what would you say you've learned from it? Oh, it's, uh, well, it's certainly... Getting establishing a, a new business, um, I think for all of us, you know, th th there's a there's a real set of barriers to entry in this in the in the finance industry to establishing a new business, particularly in the investment world, and and so we've had to be, 
I think, uh, quite resilient, uh, to be patient and, and, and constant uh, to get us to where we now are 10 years down the line. So I think resilience has been something that we've had to learn from that and just through that process over the last 10 years of getting established and getting to scale and keeping, keeping the faith, if you like. Um, and then against that, I suppose the pandemic has shown the need to, to be adaptable uh, and to be able to, 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 to adapt to a very rapidly changing situation uh, and to keep our heads whilst, um, whilst that is... That is, that is moving so fast. And, and, and I think I suppose that the most difficult situation over the last 10 years, in a way, I think has combined both those things has been the Brexit, uh, the post sort of Brexit scenario. Uh, because we lived through such uncertainty for a long time, the potential cost of doing of putting in place the structures we needed to, to adapt to a post-Brexit world uh, were really quite large, but, 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 but not having the visibility to really be able to make decisions both needed us to be able to plan and, and know what we needed to achieve, but also to be patient and resilient whilst the sort of situation was constantly shifting around us and be able to adapt the plan to a, a sort of changing situation. So, um, so it required us to be uh, really quite um, sort of flexible, but around a kind of core plan for, for and vision for what we wanted to achieve and where we wanted to get to. To, to be able to have a business that could grow both a, a franchise in the UK, but also in, in Europe and in the rest of the world. Very interesting. So, so a combination of, of having a plan, but also knowing when you need to flex it. And actually, it was George, you that quoted to me once a brilliant quote that I now use a lot, actually, which I believe is from the army, which is everybody has a plan until they meet the enemy, right? <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's after somebody called General von Moltke. I think it's the first thing that Sandhurst students are taught when they join is that no plan survives first first contact with the enemy. Um. <laughs> so a, a, a great, a great learn indeed. But, you know, I, and I would argue, actually, uh, though I'm sure at times in the Brexit challenge, you felt the the issue of being perhaps a smaller asset management company with much larger competitors in, and with bigger resources available. At the same time, I would argue that, that your scale and your flexibility will have really served you well during that period of time in terms of the ability to be able to flex quicker, perhaps than others, um, and change direction. So, so really interesting comments. Thank you. So in all of this, I am sure that you've had some major influences in your life. Who would you say has influenced you the most in the way that you lead? Gosh, I, don't, I, I think it's, it's very difficult to, to, to alight on one person or one thing. I think a lot of the situations have influenced me, certainly, and it's very clearly going from a a, 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 mili a military background and going through Sandhurst and all the rest of it, then being in a kind of conventional kind of managerial kind of position in a company and now uh, in, in a partnership, you know, changing styles, I think is something that, um, that I've reflected on a lot, but, uh, but and, and really, but if I'm, I'm to sort of name people, really, it's got to be my partners today, um, you know, Seb and Ted, I get a lot of feedback. Um, we think very hard about how we together we lead the business and we um, and and, uh, and and we and we do so in the in, in the best way. Um, I think that the, the framework that B Corporation provides has provided a you know a great influence into thinking about how to run a stakeholder oriented business, and so that's been quite powerful. And I think and and read increasing amounts about sort of different styles and different approaches and. 
know, try to be curious and to, to learn all the time as a continuous process, I think. Great to hear your fellow partners mentioned. Uh, I think they're often overlooked, actually, particularly in founding partners of organisations, the influence that they serve in. And I know that uh, you are surrounded by both support, but also, you know, a very strong sounding board as well, often overlooked, as indeed are board members and and, cha- and chairs of boards. So, so good to hear them recognised. Thank you. What would you say, George, is the secret to an effective executive team? Gosh, um, I think conventionally, I think it's correct that kind of communication and trust are critically important. And so the kind of building the relationship between the team is, is, has been really important. And I think most of the things that we've done well have been when, particularly when we've communicated particularly well. And most of the things that we've done not so well have been where communication hasn't been as good. But I think the key thing that's really kind of has been really helpful has been aligning around a sense of co-ownership of a mission. And so our sense of purpose as a business that's written into our mission is really important, not just within the executive team and the leadership team, but across the business as a whole. And one of the kind of the experiences that we had, which was really quite eye-opening and transformational for us at Web, was when we were first going through the B Corporation process and one of the questions is about our mission. And I remember turning to, to Laura and saying, or Laura turning to me rather and saying, we, do we have a mission? I said, yes, of course we do. And it's in that file over there. And no one's really read it for quite a long time, uh, which was kind of the light bulb lit as to, to what had gone wrong there. And, uh, and we ripped it up and we went to a room above a pub and started with the, um, the post-it notes around the wall and combined to a 10-word mission to uh, advance sustainability and create prosperity through positive impact investments, which was 10 words that everybody owned because everybody had been part of writing it. And that kind of, that 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 became you know, a really important thing that we did together. It was really powerful to, to have that. And I think that sense of guiding purpose you know, is, is, um, is a great thing to have in place to align in good times and bad, particularly in difficult times or difficult decisions to then align to that North Star of where our true purpose is uh, can bring us back to that sense of perspective about the longer term and what we're trying to achieve. So, so clarity on purpose. I mean, we come back to it time and time again. And, and indeed, we work with many of our clients on this area, not, not just, as you say, to provide a unifying purpose, which is a great objective in itself, but also to help during the more difficult times when you really need to rely on the resilience of your team. And of course, as you say, the B Corp process, as hard as it is, as we know at Positive Momentum, does indeed help enormously with keeping a focus on this. So thank you for mentioning that. So penultimate question, what would you say is the biggest change on your horizon, George? Uh, yeah, well, coming out of the pandemic, we uh, we're, we're now... We've got to uh, adjust to rapid growth, and um, which is a, you know, a nice problem to have. We've, we've we've grown significantly over the last eighteen months or two years, um, and that's enabled us to really invest uh, in in growing the team and evolving the business and evolving what we do to to, to continuously focus on trying to get better. Um, so we've we've pretty much doubled the size of the team and done so largely in in in, in a remote way. We've done a lot of walking interviews in parks and the like, but also over Zoom. And it's one thing to recruit people. And I think we you know that's been quite effective actually over Zoom and over those, those sort of slightly less conventional means of recruitment. But more importantly now, as we come out of the pandemic, we're in the office more regularly is to bring the team together and to, to really focus on bringing people together, building culture. And that's you know, a really key focus at this, at this point is, is you know, how we, get everyone together, everyone working together effectively, everyone sort of creating that combined sense of ownership 
um, the newer people joining together with those who've been around for some time, you know, owning our vision and our mission uh, going forward and dealing with that challenge of growth whilst maintaining and building that sense of culture in the business. So maintaining that fantastic web culture as you bring in incremental people into the business and ensuring that they embody it in the same way as the core founding team has. Fantastic to hear. Good. Can I just ask you before we leave you, George, to give us three very quick fire piece of advice for anyone aspiring to become a CEO? I think I'll go back to where, where, where I started. I think the first thing I'd say is don't. Um, because I don't think it's really very healthy necessarily to aspire to a particular particular role or even that that particular role because it kind of makes it very kind of a it makes it very hierarchical and b it makes it I think it loses sight of what's really important. So the second thing I say is think about the qualities you want in your working life and what you want to achieve and what your impact's going to be. You know, will you have an, a positive impact through the way that you work at whatever scale that might be? Uh, it sounds a very grand thing to do, but we only have to aim to leave a positive legacy in, the, in, in what we can control. And the third thing I'd say is one of the things that you know, I always find most motivating is, is to be curious and to be learning. Um, don't just try to accumulate facts, try to understand deeper working of the system and to notice your own behaviours and note the things you do do well. And that way, I think it helps you to think about um, how you can, can do even better. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'd focus on on qualities and behaviors and and wanting to be bring of your best and be of your best rather than trying to aspire to any particular position uh, in a firm. Very, very wise words indeed. Thank you so much, George. Thank you for your time and all the best to, to Webb moving forwards. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much. My goodness, what a journey from army into managing a business, making a major contribution towards making the planet more sustainable and within a sector perhaps better known for its hardcore focus on profits alone. In a world where we hear the mission of sustainability band around rather freely, it is a true pleasure to spend time with a business who really knows what this means and very much live it in the way they operate as a business. Starting with the end in mind is what I think Stephen Covey called it and reflected in George's perspective that the journey to managing partner started with deciding what he actually wanted from his professional life around a table at home with his partner. No doubt this will resonate with many of you listening who have perhaps found more time to discuss their deeper personal motivations with families over the last few lockdowns. My thanks go to George and to the fabulous web group for their unwavering focus on contributing to a more sustainable planet and to you also for listening to this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please do hit the subscribe button so that you can enjoy the words of many more of our fabulous CEOs. Thank you. Thank you.